everybody and welcome to the Just Riding About podcast. My name's Bob and I'm feeling pretty good because at the weekend, the clocks leapt forward an hour, giving us all an extra hour of daylight to just ride up our bikes in. And uh, what better podcast to listen to about just riding your bike about than the Just Riding About podcast? What better podcast? Nah, there's probably a few, but let's not talk about them now. Instead, let's turn to my friend, Enzo. Enzo, how are you doing over there? Hello, Bob. Yeah, I'm doing very well, mate. A superb intro. I, I loved it. It kind of, uh, you know, set the tone for the rest of the pod, no doubt. So uh, excellent work on that, mate. Let's talk, let, let, let's talk it up. Let's try. We're going to hit this with a certain amount of force, a bit like the bottom of a hill. I'm going to go at it as hard as I can, and hopefully I won't need to shift down until I'm about halfway up it. <laughs> let's hope so, mate. But how have you been? Yes. All good, mate? Um, I know the weather's improved, so uh, that's got to put a smile on your face. Indeed, yes, very much so. Um, um, I'm, I'm, I'm cycling. I'm doing an awful lot more cycling. As people, uh, if they've heard... Uh, our our podcast from early on in the year, they may be getting the sort of slight suggestion that I'm just a little bit less than hardcore. Uh, however, I do uh, want to point out that uh, I have been doing a lot more cycling over the last little while as it's uh, warmed up and dried up just a little bit. And not only that, but I've also been doing a little bit of running as yeah, well. I've noticed, I've noticed, mate. So tell us a bit about that. Well, I mean, I, I, I don't quite know how this has happened because up to pretty much all... For all of my life up to this point, when I have tried running, I have really detested it. I mean, hated it to the point of like, you know, my literally nine, 90% of my brain says, why are you doing this? This is horrible. Stop immediately. And then you stop and then you think, and then that 90% says, yes, well done. This is a lot better. Just walk. Um, but I've... I've kind of got into a lot more. Um, my my wife um, is is a is, is a regular runner, um, and so she kind of got me sort of into it. Really, kind of one day I just said, "Well, I'm gonna I'm, I'll, I'll I'll come with you," and um, also being a little bit of a um, well, kind of over the last few years, turning into a, a real kind of cyclocross super fan. I kind of thought. Even though at the age of 40, I'm not going to, uh, um, you know, kind of uh, turn myself into, you know, some sort of uh, uh, kind of cyclocross um, racer. It's just I kind of thought, well, if I could get up to running 5K and running a semi-decent 5K, that's got to be good for me. Right. You know, Um, and um, so uh, and it it really has been. I've kind of found I've been over the last few weeks, I've been... um, um, cycling each day or the days I've not been cycling I've been going for a run um, and I'm on this kind of fat couch to 5k sort of program so I'm only running for a few minutes and then stopping and walking for a few minutes then running again and then something but I'm I'm really enjoying it I'm really enjoying it and um, yeah so mate, what, what's the what, what's the couch to 5k just in case there's people out there who are not sure what that's all about I mean it sounds pretty cool it sounds like You've never done a run before, but by the time you finish this little program, you would have run five kilometers. Is that basically what it is? That's basically it. Yeah, it gets you to 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 running uh, to to running rather sorry five k um, or kind of running. Uh, you get to the point of running for half an hour, 
and then when you've kind of got to that point of running to half an hour you can then sort of push on to then run for that 5k distance so and if you're um, a chap about my age to begin with that should take you about 40 minutes and then you kind of like kind of click down on that i i, I believe i've not i've not looked that far forward as i'm only on about uh, um, i'm only sort of uh, about a uh, about a third of the way into the program but you kind of you start off and you're basically like running for a minute and then you're walking for like 90 seconds to get your breath back and then you're running for another minute and then 90 seconds and then that sort of goes up incrementally after the first three runs you then run for uh, 90 seconds and then you end up running for two minutes and then I think you go, what I'm doing at the moment, I think it's something like three minutes, 90 seconds, three minutes, 90 seconds, something like that. I'm where I'm kind of at at the moment. Um, and yeah, you just kind of go up incrementally, slowly, and, and kind of almost trick your body into, uh, into getting you to the point that you can run for, 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 for 30 minutes. And um, it's, uh, yeah, I mean, it's, it certainly works uh, a different set of muscles, that's for sure. Um, and uh, I mean, yeah, so far I've been kind of, I've been on, on the bike. I'm sure that kind of getting out on the bike every day is helping as well. But I'm, I'm for, yeah, for a man of my age, I must be saying I'm feeling pretty good. Um, good on you. So um, it's also helped by the fact uh, that my lovely wife bought me a, uh, a Garmin 4Runner 35 watch. There you go. I'm showing it you there on the, uh, on the Zoom call. Marvelous. Beautiful. It's a beautiful the, the 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 strap is a beautiful lime green color which makes it even more exciting um so what, what what's good about the forerunner watch then mate i mean what's the well i mean you, you, you can that? you can basically use it as a as a garmin so you can use it to kind of record your runs um you can also use it to record uh walks or hikes um as well as um uh cycle rides as well you right. can there's a, a bike section in there you can flick to that and you can basically use it um as a garmin to record what you're doing even though you can't use it as a as a pathfinder if you like there's no yeah, mapping yeah. on it or anything however it does use gps to record where you are so then when you um uh, link it to your phone or you get back and look at your laptop it then shows shows you where you've been and wow. shows you your you know kind of various sort of how quick you've been at various sort of points um but what I've been um, using it for as well, as well to kind of uh, record the uh, record my runs, I've also been linking it to my onboard Garmin. I've got a Garmin um, Edge. Um, I forgot which type of Garmin Edge now, but I've got a Garmin Edge, and that uh, which kind of goes on the on the bike. And you can basically use the watch as a heart rate monitor. So you ah, yeah. send Andy. That to your Garmin. So then uh, your, your Garmin on your bike knows what your heart rate's doing. So then that kind of then gives you things like it sort of monitors your recovery um, and, um, and, and things like that. So it adds in little things like uh, you can then kind of, it then sort of like gives you a, a rough workout of your VO2 max as well. Um, wow. So yeah, it's been, it just data and if there's one thing that i enjoy <laughs> kind of getting uh sort of knee deep in it's this sort of analytical stuff so uh yeah so for me it's been it's been great i've been um, just kind of glued to uh my my garmin over the last few weeks just uh you know seeing what i've been doing and and clocking up the miles if you like superb well mate i mean talking of data um i'm just going to 
quickly uh, tell you what I've been up to over the last uh, couple of weeks. Um, and there'll be some data stuff to, to feed in. It'll all kind of make sense when I get to the end of the little kind of story here. So, so as I think, I may have mentioned it on the last pod that I've got a, maybe I didn't, I've got a sportive coming up this weekend. Yes. So I've been preparing for that. So uh, I did this one. So this is an 80-mile sportive. Mm. Um, and I did it last year. Last year was also my first ever sportive that mm. I ever did. And unfortunately, it's the only one I've ever done because of the virus situation. All the other sportives that I, hope, that I was hoping to do last year got cancelled. Yeah. So uh, it's taken me another year and a bit to, uh, to get around to doing another one. But anyway, that's... That's the plan. So I've booked it all up. I've, I've got my little race number as well. That come through the post. Fantastic. So that's all ready to go on the bike. So um, I've been kind of trying to, to, to sort of prepare properly this time. So I've been building up my mileage regularly over the, over the last few weeks. I've been riding the turbo indoors when I haven't been going out. Uh, and then I think, as I've mentioned before, I'm not just aimlessly spinning the legs on the turbo. I'm following little kind of proper workout routines of which there are millions if you, you can get free phone apps there's stuff on youtube you can follow you don't have to sign up to zwift and all those kind of uh, suffer fest and all those i mean if you want to brilliant but you know not everybody's um you know has the means to sign up to these extra sort of subscription services so that's that's no barrier to doing extra training indoors um but the other thing i've been looking looking into because one thing i've kind of <laughs> And strangely, this is, you know, you've quizzed me about this a million times, but in terms of kind of fueling for rides, yeah. I'm, I'm kind of, I still never get it quite right. There's times when I sort of come to the end of a sort of maybe 50 or 60 mile ride and I'm properly hungry and I go <laughs> to my back pocket um, and, uh, and you know what, I might have a gel or an oat bar, but I'm, I'm to the point where I'm sick to death of gels and oat bars and the body's saying, not another sod in Hobart. Get me something else. So I've been looking at better ways of, of, of fueling my body. And um, so a couple of things I've, I've come up with. As I mentioned last time, I've started baking my own uh, energy biscuits or mm -hmm. energy bars, whatever you call them. So that just gives another spin to the kind of shop bought stuff. Um, and the chap uh, I'm doing the sportive with now, you know who he is, Elio. We did the randonee together. Yeah. He um, has taken it upon himself, bless him to um, bake uh, rice cakes. Now, these are the ones that okay. he's seen some of the kind of pro chefs do for other riders. So he yeah. looked at GCM mm -hmm. videos. Mm -hmm. And over the last few weeks, he's been um, you know, using pudding rice and mixing them in with kind of coconut uh, oils and all sorts oh. of stuff. Okay. And they're marvelous. And it, it, they you know, offer quite a lot of energy. And, and they're just a different thing to eat than these same old bars and gels and stuff. Yeah. Um, so we've got a plan to fuel ourselves up with that kind of stuff. Mm -hmm. So hopefully um, that will uh, trick the body into thinking it's kind of full up and, and nicely fueled as opposed to getting bored with the same old rubbish. But in kind of looking up how to fuel your body and what, you know, what it uses and what to, what to put in there, I come across a couple of interesting facts, mate, that I'm going to, I'm going to test you on, or I'm going to, I'm going to ask you a couple of questions. Oh, so <laughs> it's, it, it's not an official quiz, so don't worry too much. Okay. It's kind of, it's kind of quite interesting. So based on the kind of fueling and how far you can go on, on foods that you've got. Right. And this is now going to be broken down into kilometers. So I'm going to ask you here, mate, how far do you think you could go? And when I say you, I'm talking, 
a recreational rider. Let's not let's forget those kind of top end pros or or somebody's yes. only stepped on yes, a bike for the first them. time. Yes. <laughs> So we'll start with the kind of the very kind of smallest amount. So let's say a can of Coke, a regular can of uh, fizzy Coca-Cola. Okay. How far, either in kilometers or miles, do you think that could uh, allow you to go before you completely bonked out? Oh, my goodness. So go on, um, have a guess. Can so, of Coke. So going from, so reaching sort of like a certain point of... Uh, tiredness, kind of like cal, uh, kind of like uh, um, so sort of, yeah, so hitting kind of rock bottom, having that yeah. can of coke, and then okay, Bruh. the re- the regular average cyclist, I don't know, let's say ten miles. Okay, uh, you're a little bit out, mate. A can of coke <laughs> will get you three point seven miles or really, six really? kilometers. Yeah, okay. and and then you'll be totally spent. So bear that in mind. Bear okay. That in mind. So you. So we know what we're going to do with a can of Coke, but let, let's up the ante a tiny bit. Okay. So uh, this time, you're not going to have a can of Coke. No. You, you, you've, you've ridden past um, a, uh, a, a fast food joint. Right. Now let, let's, I'm not going to mention which one, but let's say they do a lot of fried chicken. Oh, okay. okay. Uh, so I'm this possibly... I'm, uh, yeah, I'm a vegetarian at this I know, point. but let's assume this was just before you, you switched. Okay. Uh, and uh, so you jumped into this... Uh, fried chicken establishment right. and ask for, for three, three pieces of fried chicken. Standard kind of, you know, in a, in a bucket. I think that's how they sell it these days. Um, so you've got three bits of fried chicken in a bucket. How far do you think that will take you? Now, I... Uh, I, I can give you the calorie count if it helps. Well, I would be thinking that I would go less distance than the can of coke so i'm gonna say well i could be wildly inaccurate but i'm gonna say uh, three miles i'm gonna say for that okay yep wildly inaccurate was the only (laughs) bit you got right (laughs) so (laughs) but i don't know about eating chickens go on yeah so okay well uh, well the the chickens so they're they're 726 calories and on that uh it is assumed that a recreational cyclist could go about 20 miles or 32 wow. kilometers so that's that's quite not a bad distance for three bits of fried chicken I don't okay think. yeah um okay. so so yeah so we had the can of coke yep. which was i forgot to mention it was 139 calories in a can of coke and you can go you know sort of just over three and a half miles or six kilometers three pieces of fried chicken 726 surprising. calories isn't it uh, 20 miles or 32 kilometers but now the final one okay this is the absolute belter mate a full-on Christmas dinner. Oh no. <laughs> okay. <laughs> now I'll give you the calories on this. It's it's it. You know when you think of a, that, that sort of traditional Christmas dinner, all the trimmings, it's about four to five thousand calories. Is it? So you've just had that, and you know, come on, Bob, we'll go for a bike ride. How far <laughs> do you think you could go before your body said, "Nope, I'm completely out of fuel." Um, after a, um, a, a lovely Christmas dinner. Well, I mean, what I would say the 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 the, the traditional size of Christmas dinners that I have had, and it's uh, it's it's a bit of a it's a bit of like a, a Christmas tradition, realistically, in in our family. That at least uh, for, for me and a few other members uh, uh, of a family, we 
we have special plates which are sort of oval so you can get more stuff on <laughs> um although again i am i'm having a like a a, a, a corn sort of um kind of turkey substitute roll um it tastes just like turkey and it's just like it. anyway but crikey i mean i would after that i would probably only get about as far as the part of the road um <laughs> But how far could it propel me yeah. is something else entirely. I would say, I mean, how far is your sportive? 80 miles. I yeah. would say, I'm probably knocking on the door of that. Should we say 70 miles? Well, I'll tell you what, mate. You've knocked on the door and gone way past it. Oh, okay. <laughs> Apparently, you could go 136 miles or no. 220 kilometers on a Christmas dinner. That's not bad going, is it? I mean, you know, there you are. Miles. Boxing day, you've kind of had your Christmas dinner and the leftovers. Bosh, you're halfway around the flipping My country, good, mate. With, with well, <laughs> I, I, I wish it could be Christmas every day. <laughs> I, I think we need to get out the, uh, the, the roast potatoes and the, and the sprouts and the cranberries. <laughs> yeah, a bit more it, often because 136 it, miles, you'd be all right. It's unfortunate when I do the sport team, I can't fill my pockets with all this kind of like, say, you know, yeah, you just like kind of Christmas <laughs> stuff, pour some gravy in the back there. <laughs> so now then, Enzo, I'm uh, I'm glad that uh, you've you've given me you've tested my uh, my my kind of Christmas dinner slash mileage not knowledge there because I've got a bit of a quiz for you now. Then. Lovely. What bike uses? Uh, the Alux grade aluminium frame, uh, <laughs> Suntor Radon uh, cross-country uh, air forks, has 720 millimeter wide flat bars, Shimano SLX group set, and a Shimano MT200 brakes. Yay, this is going to be the first quiz I ever win. <laughs> um, that, if I'm not mistaken, sir, sounds exactly like my new giant Tarago 29er mountain bike in orange. You are fully correct. Oh, well, mate, yes, finally, uh, after we uh, kind of discussed it last week. Now, had I made the decision last time when, when uh, we last recorded that I'd gone for the giant Tarago 29 in orange? That is a remarkable question. I think, do you know what? I think you did. I you might be okay. I, I remember sort of discussing the dramas with the Halford cycle scheme mm. um, and, and, and the, uh, the kind of, the, some of the reaction I got from certain, uh, you know, bike retailers that mm. they weren't overly keen. But anyway, I overcome all those little obstacles. And yes, I am now the proud owner of a brown brand new uh giant tarago mountain bike and mate it is flipping fantastic it's had a couple of uh sort of uh, i don't know what they call it in the business shakedowns on a few sort of short rides just to just to sort of uh better in a bit and mm. and i'll tell you what mate the, the biggest thing that's come out of this which is something i wanted to tell our army of listeners out there <laughs> that it really is worth sort of spending as much as your budget will allow to get you that, that bike, whether it's a road bike mm -hmm. or a mountain bike. So my, my only other previous mountain bike, which uh, I think I've discussed, 
is the old, was the Saracen, Saracen Tub Tracks, uh -huh. um, which was all right, but it was only a, a few hundred, I think it cost me 300 quid uh, at the time. And it was, you know, entry level, budget, everything, budget forks, budget wheels, budget disc brakes, budget kind of a uh, group set. And, and it was all right, but I didn't know any better, so it was fine. Yeah. But when you jump on something where it's got sort of decent Shimano group set, decent hydraulic brakes, mm. a proper air fork, you know, mm. adjustable with rebound and you can set the PSI, tires and geometry and wheels, just literally all of it is, is kind of those two or three steps above. Mm. Um, the, the, the difference is incredible. Difference in the kind of speed you can get up. Mm. You, know, you know, it's a lighter bike, although yeah. the wheels are bigger, but you can get going at some, some you know, really good speeds that I'd never got anywhere near on the old bike. Mm -hmm. uh, you can stop a lot quicker, which is always a bit of a bonus. Mm -hmm. um, you know, with, with, with better, bigger discs, uh, better, stronger hydraulic uh, brakes, so you've got more uh, power to, to mm -hmm. stop the bike. Um, but the real winner, the real thing that makes the bike that much, much more enjoyable to ride is just the, the uprated uh, group set, mate. So I've got, Shimano SLX, yeah. uh, sort of front and rear derailleur. So that's a two by 10. I can't actually, it might be a two by 11 or a two by 10. But the way the, the gears kind of shift are so, I know the bike's new, so it's all going to be quite good. Yeah. But this, you know, the, the, the shifting is crisp. You know, you get that kind of satis satisfying clonk when it moves from one uh, cog to the other. And just everything about the bike just feels that little bit more kind of um just a bit more better finished and you know you kind of you, you almost want to ride it just because you almost want to show it off <laughs> i don't know if that makes sense mate i don't know if you've ever i mean i've never had that uh you know that feeling with with a mountain bike because like i said the saracen was always pretty budget and um entry level but mm. uh, i know you've you've got much nicer kit than me so, um, you well, know, do, do, do you get where I'm coming from with that? I'm, I'm not sure about that these days. Um, <laughs> but uh, no, I do. I know exactly what you mean. I mean, my, uh, my, my Topstone, my Cannondale Topstone, um, I was talking about, I'm talking about this just the other day. And um, it's, um, I mean, like that bike is, is cooler than I am you know by a long way i've i've never been cool uh, that bike basically drips cool so um that no I, I yeah i know exactly what you mean and that's the thing kind of jumping from and certainly as well as that when you're sort of jumping to sort of higher spec uh kind of equipment on that bike um this is a jump for you as well in wheel size as well mm, yes up to, to to a 29er and i have known the I don't know that some people have different ideas about wheel sizes and what what's right and what's wrong and everything else. But I mean, I personally, for what I use uh, a, a mountain bike for, 29 is ideal for me. Um, and I'm glad that you've made the jump and you're feeling the same, the same sort of benefits that I am. Well, absolutely, mate, because I remember asking you, because I am a, a little fella at five foot seven, not, not the tallest chap. Now you are considerably taller than me. flip side i i do carry the lanky gene so you do quite. so we kind of kind of we've got it we've got it nailed at both ends either ends of the spectrum yeah we're, we're good for that and and yeah so the saracen was 27.5 and for some reason i asked you and i said look 
I'm only a little fella. Am I going to struggle with these kind of huge 29-inch wheels? And you kind of read about, you know, some people preferring the smaller wheel set if they're a bit smaller and that the bigger wheels, if you're, you know, if you're, not, you're not six foot something, you might struggle to get them to get going, uh, you know, from a sort of standing start. But I asked you and you said, nope, don't you fret. You're going to find that, that they will, uh, you know, just squash over any bumps. You'll get some excellent speed uh, on them. And, and mate, 100% correct. Mm. You know, five foot seven, it's not, sorry, five foot six, not five foot seven. Uh, I've, I've given myself an extra inch there, which is always a, a benefit, but no, I, I didn't deserve it. So um, yeah, five foot six, 29 inch wheels on the mountain bike. I had absolutely no trouble in making the change. And if anything, mate, I wish, you know, that I, I'd done that sooner. And I would urge anyone out there to, um, you know, if they've had any doubts about going to 29 inch wheels, because they might be of the slightly more kind of height challenged variety, a bit like myself. Um, it has no impact on the, you know, your kind of height. Um, you know, what has the impact, I guess, is the size of the frame, which is yeah. why they're, you know, they're, they're properly sized up depending on your height. But I think the wheels is of no consequence at all. And like you said, they just glide over the kind of, you know, sort of bumps. They, they you know, they soak up all that kind of nonsense that you've got under, underfoot. Mm. And, and the speed is, is quite, quite something, uh, you know, speeds that have, I haven't, kind of experienced on on a mountain bike going uh, along towpaths and stuff yeah. is is quite exhilarating so um so yeah two things i think from from my new mountain bike adventure is a spend as much as you possibly as your budget can really stretch your budget um to, to to sort of max out um what what money you've got and and the other thing i'm going to add before i you know the 29 inch wheel is is never a factor if you want to you know if, if your bike is a 29 inch Will, then that's no problem at all. But the other thing I will mention, and, and, and you help me with this, is do your damn research. Just don't go into the first shop that you uh, come across with mm. your, your wallet full of cash and, and say, right, how much, you know, what can I get for this? Yeah. Crikey, go online and read up about the different specs in terms of group sets and uh, forks and that kind of stuff. And, you know, because... I, don't want to say, I want to say the word bargains, but they're not bargains, but there's certainly ways of getting more bang for your buck mm. if you've done your homework and you've researched, you know, what the components are and, and try to find that bike whereby you've got the best possible group set, the best possible front fork, the best possible geometry on the, uh, on the bike. You've got the, you know, the lightest frame that your money can buy, mm. um, the best types of brakes, but you only do that if you kind of spend that sort of weekend or even longer sometimes just researching everything. It does take time, but if you're serious about getting a really good bike and getting the most for your money, I think you helped me a lot with that, um, is, you know, just sit there and, and trawl through the internet, learn about the, the, the components and see which bike can actually give you for the money you've got the best group of kind of equipment on that one bike and that that is what i did and, and i think it kind of worked out as a, as a big thumbs up mate. yeah yeah no that's 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 good here. i mean the you know the um the i mean as i say i'm you know i've got a, a giant a, a giant mountain bike myself um i've been very very pleased with it so yeah when i you know kind of when we were looking across and sort of found that one it was like okay this is this looks promising 
I'm a, it, it's orange. I mean, you know, we've, we're 70% of the way there already. So, uh, <laughs> but it's good. It's good that you, you, um, and you're kind of starting to feel the benefit of, of 29 inch wheels. Cause as on the, on the, on the flip side of you, um, jumping up to air forks on your new bike, I am still, cause I still have, kind of in a in a partial state of dismantlement um something that i've talked about in the podcast before my kind of monster cross uh project my my old trek uh 29 mountain bike um which i've looked at before um kind of putting putting drop bars on and kind of changing it around that way and that's still in the offing but i think what i'm really looking at right now is going to be like a sort of a halfway house so before i put the 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 drops on and keep them on um i'm currently trawling ebay for a semi-decent set of rigid 29 forks um because um i mean a, a, a lot of people and that's the thing where you sort of like you know look at forums and things and whatever else people are like you know oh rigid forks no no no, not for me uh, you know we've come this far forwards are uh, rigid are uh, terrible blah 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 but very often when people are saying that they're saying that because they're remembering their 26 inch mountain bikes from back in the day which had no yeah. suspension and yeah they were horrible essentially to ride off off-road put next to something modern however again with those sort of like big 29 inch uh wheels with some nice kind of wide tires set up in there as well um which are, could be tubeless so you could run them at a little bit of a lower pressure that then doesn't off that you know that kind yeah. of does a lot of uh of of soaking up of of rough ground um by um by swapping to um, a, a solid fork, um, I think that I might just kind of sort of, before we put the drop bars on, we'll see how this kind of building a sort of a, almost like a clunker, if you like, but uh, <laughs> not, you know, kind of shipping off the, uh, the sort of fairly budget kind of rock shocks that it came with, um, mm. and uh, which have now kind of lost a lot of their use, um, and swapping over to something yeah, like a, a, a good rigid fork. Um, I'm looking forward to seeing how that would ride. So that's my plan, first of all. So I've been kind of sort of eBay surfing on that. And while, while I was looking at the internet as well, found a bit of a new pair of shoes as well. I mean, okay. mountain bike shoes? Mountain uh, bike shoes. Well, kind of mountain bike shoes. Kind of just general sort of, are you, are you aware... Oh well, I I know a, a man of 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 your uh, your footballing background. The 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 Adidas Samba. Yes. Uh, I take it you've not heard of the Adidas Velo Samba. No, I haven't. Ah. Wow. Well, um, by the sound of things, Adidas bought um, five. Is it five ten? Uh, the uh, the oh, um, the mountain bike. The, the mountain people. bike shoe people. So they, uh, um, so they, they've kind of brought them into Adidas, wanting to do more sort of cycling things, and um, they brought out uh, the uh, this this um, the, this yeah this this Adidas Velo Samba. So it's basically an Adidas Samba by the look of things, um, mm -hmm. with the SPD um, connection on the bottom. Um, now you've got them. 
well no um there for, for for a couple of reasons uh reason one i've got too many pairs of shoes anyway um <laughs> actually i've actually got a pair of giro mountain shoes that are still in the box wow for the, for the south downs way and we never actually did it um but they've they've been kept box fresh ready for that ride which will happen one day um, yeah but also they they run out to 100 pounds um but um which is not so bad, but if you want a pair, uh, you can't have them because they've sold out. Um, oh, wow. <laughs> but they, they're going to be making some more so you can get them. They, um, incidentally, the, uh, they, they're, but they're very nice to look just like the Adidas Sambas. Um, yeah. so they're kind of quite cool for just sort of riding, you know, just riding about. If you're you know, uh, kind of riding to you know, uh, somewhere and you didn't want to be in cycling shoes the, 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 the whole time. Um, they run out to uh, their um, 386 grams uh, each shoe, so 736 grams a pair if you're interested in weight of things, which is about the same amount as an adult guinea pig or uh, 13 <laughs> double-decker chocolate bars, just, uh, just for reference. Um, so, um, yeah, so that's, the, that's kind of caught my eye as well. But certainly on a, I'm on a deep eBay dive. I'm just watching, ready for a set of rigid forks to come my way. And, uh, and finally tonight, I thought I would uh, just take this opportunity to give uh, regular listeners uh, a bit of an update on uh, Shed Mouse because... Um, uh, in the in the last podcast, uh, I did talk about um, moving my shed. I uh, I, uh, I I sort of flattened a new area of the garden, took the, the 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 shed, the old shed apart, panel by panel, moved it, and then built it back up again. Um, and of course, the question was, where does that leave shed mouse? Because of course, I, uh, as regular listeners will know, I have a mouse who uh, who lives in my shed um and uh essentially i was gonna say looks after it he doesn't really he just lives there um but um well i mean you'll be you'll be pleased to know that long before i moved the shed um shed mouse uh moved out of the shed uh and became log store mouse uh so he's he's still about the place he's now living in the log store uh, I've found a couple of uh, rooms that he's kind of made in there for himself, a uh, bag full of nuts and straw and bits of grass. So he's fine in there. I'm sure that he will uh, pop up again uh, soon and probably move back in to the, to, to the shed now that it's that bit nicer than it once was. Um, so, um, so, yeah, so anybody uh, concerned about uh, Shed Mouse's welfare, he's, he's doing just fine. Um, so, uh, so with that, I think we should probably end this episode of the podcast, Enzo. I think we should, mate, and it's, and it's ended on an absolutely blinding note. We're all, we're all, I know I certainly was concerned that the little fella was, uh, you know, may have become homeless and, and there, you know, it's all good in the end. No, he's, he's, he's doing very well. He's doing very well. Marvellous. Okay. Well, um, then I guess we, we, we chat again in a couple of weeks time. Until the next time, uh, good luck with the sportive and uh, we'll talk again afterwards. Nice one, Skip. See you later. Bye-bye.
just go into it. It might okay. sound a bit engineered. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> well, on this podcast, 